It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Happy Friday. You have made it. And it is a beautiful day today, wishing you a great day. I am Kim Munson, and we are having important conversations. Hopefully we are helping you understand these issues so that you can engage in thoughtful and reasonable conversations with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and the kids before they go back to school. It's important that we continue every day to engage in this battle of ideas that is raging in America today. Uh, We've got a great show planned for you again today. Uh, Special guest, we had a little change up. Trent England is going to be on next Thursday. If you're on my email list, uh, we had him as our guest today, and we're changing that just a little bit. Be sure and go to my website, americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. We will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events coming up. And uh, so uh, Trent England will be on next week. Today we are going to talk with Sylvanus Salanus. Uh, we can call him Z after we introduce him. <laughs> uh, he is the, the new president of Foundation for Economic Education. We're going to ask him what he thinks about these Democrat Democrat debates that happened this week uh, and some of those issues that they are espousing, such as Medicare for all and free college. And so it's going to be a great conversation with him. That will be in segments three and four. In segments one and two, we'll talk about some of these important headlines that are out there. But as we look at these issues, as we frame them up, remember, ultimately, it is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And ultimately, socialism comes down to force, and it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, or their freedom via force, whether it's with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And what we have seen here in Colorado, and we see an attempt throughout the nation, is the socialization of the, the, some of the key things to our, to our lives that make our lives better. So we're seeing a, a push to try to socialize transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. So when we're looking at these issues, it's always freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Producer Steve, you're looking very pensive. <laughs> I, I, every time you, you open with this and uh, use the talk about force, the first thing in my mind is always in our 243-year history, when has a movement ever come across uh, you know, our, our past where we actually had to force it upon the citizens? And I could be woefully ignorant of American history, uh, hopefully not, but uh, you know, just again, your, your usage of the word force says, well, why? Why do you have to force it upon the citizenry? Uh, well, if it's, it's, if it's a good idea, if, it, if it's an idea that can stand on its own merits, then you make the case for it and you shouldn't have to use force. We have used force throughout our history, though. Immediately what's coming to mind is FDR, you know, a, a progressive president, a Democrat progressive president, who uh, when we were in, were in World War II, 
um, created the, um, you know, the, the camps for Japanese citizens. Now, somebody had asked me, and I should probably Google this. They said, because it was something that we had on Facebook, they said, well, remember when FDR interred the Japanese citizens? But uh, I think that he also did inter some of the uh, German and Italian descent uh, um, citizens as well. But that was when we used force. And the problem with that is those people's rights, the Constitution, the whole idea of America was to protect individual rights. That was clearly unconstitutional what they did because he was not protecting their rights. He was using force to take away their rights. And that's why we need to look at these issues as force versus freedom, freedom versus force. Steve. And then the other thing is that the the proponents of these very uh, socialistic type ideas, and who's number one in your mind all the time is, but the burn, Bernie, uh, it always seems to be coming from people who've made it in life, you know, who who are secure somewhere on the food chain, but they're not, Mm -hmm. certainly not the working class or, you know, middle class people. Well, and there's really two ways to make money. You can earn it or you can can steal it. it. And if you take a look at uh, someone like Bernie is, you know, he's been in different jobs where he hasn't really, he hasn't really worked. And we see, we can see that across the spectrum. We're going to start to talk, (laughs) talk about some of the salaries in education, and it is going to blow your mind. And uh, so when Elizabeth Warren is talking about free college, that would imply she's a, she's a professor. If she thinks that we should have free college, then I submit to you that she should work for free, right? Does that make sense? And yet it's been documented. She took, what, 450 grand for a single semester, was it? Or maybe a couple semesters. Yeah, we're, we're working on the exact sourcing. And Patty has been, she was on fire yesterday. We started to talk about, hey, let's start to peel back. How much do these college administrators make? I got two different phone calls from her. She said, we are opening up uh, Pandora's box as we are looking at this. So you will want to stay tuned for that. This is going to be an ongoing conversation. Before we do that, though, Steve, I have to say thank you to you. I was thinking about it today as I was heading in. And you know what? You are a great producer, and I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. And the team, Zach and Patty and uh, Keith and Charlie. Uh, you all keep this train on the track, and I greatly appreciate you. And you, my listeners, I so appreciate you as well. Uh, you are treasured. You are valued. You have a purpose. So go out and do that today. Well, that's the recipe. Uh, all the names you just mentioned, and I, you know, I appreciate your comments towards me, but it is this team effort. And uh, dare we even add Jason to that list? <laughs> so, I think we should add Jason with presidential wealth management. That's going to go to his head. I know. Yeah, oh, that's true. I, I can I can hear it now. So maybe he's, he's not listening yet. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Very soon, we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, and this is really important. You know, you and I. I think that we're concerned about what is happening in our state and in our country. And I think many of you are concerned. Instead of yelling at the TV. You know, we need to take action, and that is get your brain around these issues and then engage in thoughtful and reasonable and honest conversations. Now, there is something that is happening in Colorado. Uh, The Taxpayers' Bill of Rights was put into, it was voted on by the people. It was put into the Colorado Constitution, and basically it's just about good manners. The people of Colorado said, hey, politicians, bureaucrats, interested parties, if you want to do three things, one, if you want to raise our taxes, Two, if you want to incur debt that we have to pay off, 
or three, if you want to keep our excess, t- or, uh, keep our tax refunds above and give a, and we have given them a very generous formula of population plus inflation. If you want to keep our tax refunds above that, you just have to have the good manners to ask us. Well, you know what, Steve? Politicians and bureaucrats and interest parties don't always get their way, and so they want to get rid of Tabor. And we're seeing a real concerted effort to get rid of that, as well as the Gallagher Amendment. I'm thrilled that on Monday we're going to be talking with Dennis Gallagher the of the Gallagher Amendment so that you guys can start to understand that. But Natalie Minton is sponsoring, through Colorado Engaged, a Taxpayer Bill of Rights boot camp training tomorrow at the Lakewood Library at 10200 West 20th Avenue. It's from 11 to 2 p.m. at 1030 check-in time. The cost is $20. And my friends, uh, we have a civic duty to er- every day do something to make sure that we protect uh, the rights of everyday hardworking Coloradans and Americans. And this is one of the first things that you need to do. So that is, again, Natalie Minton has this uh, Taxpayer Bill of Rights, the Tabor Boot Camp tomorrow. It's through Colorado Engaged. For more information, go to coloradoengaged.com. That is coloradoengaged.com. And uh, uh, be sure and show up for that. That's pretty important. Uh, Let's go through some of these headlines. Uh, This is big. And I know that you probably aren't paying attention to this because at this particular point in time, it doesn't affect you. Or you don't realize that it is affecting you. But there is this movement, again, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, who want to get you out of your your personal car. They want to get you out of your internal combustion engine car, and they want to move you into electric vehicles, onto bikes, buses, and trains. And so there's been the carrot in this, this whole thing. Uh, in, at the national level, there has been an income tax credit for $7,500 if you bought certain electric vehicles. And then Colorado sweetened up that pot by offering $5,000. So let's think about this. Somebody can take $12,500 off of their income taxes, both federal and state. Now, other people are going to have to make that up. You know, hardworking folks out there are going to have to make that up, or we're going to have to have governments lower their spending. And so that has been the carrot to try to move people into these electric vehicles. And uh, what has happened is people are voting with their pocketbook. Electric vehicles don't work for a lot of folks. They may work for some. And if they want to buy that, that is great. I don't think that we should have all these tax credits, but I think that they should have that choice. The other point that I want to make is the manufacturers still get that top price, uh, which is inclusive of those those tax refunds. So you get to shave $12,000, somebody gets to shave $12,500 off their tax bill. But yet the manufacturer still gets that, that top price. And so it's, um, it's really a subsidy to some of these companies. And, of course, the one that, that comes to mind most often is Tesla. Now, I have to tell you, I saw a friend of mine the other day, and they have a Tesla. And they, they actually, they really, they really, really like it. And it is kind of cool. Uh, they, there's a feature. They had their dog in, in the car, and, uh, and, and, and so we were having lunch. And uh, you, they actually have, uh, like, dog temperature in the car. And then on the screen, there's a big message that says to anybody that goes by, my owners are, are going to be back shortly, and, uh, and the temperature in the car is just fine at 74 degrees. You know, that is pretty creative. I have to say that. 
But let it all be done without force. Let it be done with freedom instead of force. If people want to buy that, they should be able to. But that, but we shouldn't have to subsidize it with other people's dollars, Steve. I said it before, and you know, I guess I spend too much time on Facebook. And, and <laughs> strangely, the, the uh, commercials, if that's what you want to call them, for solar in Colorado have abated some. You know, when uh, Governor Polis first came in, uh, February, March, we were just a, a, a non-ending stream of these things for going solar in Colorado. And they, they didn't use the word free, but, you know, rebated, mm-hmm. uh, subsidized, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And again, we put this disclaimer out there last week, you and I, we are not anti any of these things, but not at the... If it's done with freedom instead of force. Yes. And what, what we're talking about there is there is a carrot that uh, some people will get tax breaks or rebates or whatever because politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, for example, a solar company, you know, they're going to try to lobby to, to use government then to move people to these particular products. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And, of course, they also do that under the guise that this is green, that you are taking care of the planet if you do this. But when we had um, Don Watkins on uh, earlier on our Health and Hydrocarbon show, and he's the editor of uh, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, he said that we need to have an honest conversation. There is no energy source that is so pristine that it's going to take us back to, you know, when there were no humans on the earth, which is what many many of these people want. Uh, Everything has some costs, but you have to look at the benefits and the benefits of, of hydrocarbons and fossil fuels has been an energy source. It's been efficient, it's been reliable, and it's been affordable. And so that has helped, again, everyday hardworking people to thrive and prosper. And isn't that what we want to have happen, Steve? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. But, so. you know, again, not to, to be a, a burden on, on the taxpayers, on citizenry, uh, you know, directly attacking their prosperity. Right. And so many times you'll have the freedom versus force. And with socialism, you'll see that there will be a carrot. And when we come back from break, we'll talk about the carrot again on these zero. And you know what? I hate to call them zero emission vehicles because that's just not true. You know, and and when we play into that, uh, we are kind of affirming something that's not true. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, The Rockies today, the Giants are coming to town. So it will be interesting. And then they're back on the road. They'll be going to Houston and San Diego next week. And, you know, summer is, we're into summer now, and Hooters is the place to be this summer. Um, they, and they have some great beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and I love it, the mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And they have plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. And uh, if you're out and about Monday through Friday, they have nine items for nine bucks from 11 to 3 p.m. You can choose from nine delicious menu items like fish or shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and their boneless wings. So that's for dine-in, or you can pick up dinner to, to go, so you can drop by and pick it up on your way home, or you can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front door. For more information, go to uh, HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know you know me, Kim Munson, and uh, we will be right back with some more headlines. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. 
If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. Zach Brown Band, love that. Charlie, he does such a great job on all that bumper music. Welcome back. This is Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation, having an important conversation about some headlines in this segment. The next segment, we'll be talking with Sylvanus Salinas, and we're going to call him Z after we are sure that we're pronouncing his name correctly. He is the new president of Foundation for Economic Education, and I have some questions that I want to ask him. We'll talk about the Democrat debate and these, uh, the, the opining of uh, free college and Medicare for all, and I can't wait to talk with him about that. We are talking about this, uh, these zero-emission vehicles, but before we do that, during break, you had a very interesting comment regarding these politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that they want to get rid of Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, and I think we're going to have to use that. What would you say, Steve? Well, let's get down and dirty here. What's the real issue? They don't want to ask us. Tabor. Well, and the transparency drives them crazy. Yeah. So Tabor to them is like garlic to a vampire or kryptonite to <laughs> Superman. I mean, they just... I mean, and what's the best way to... You know, I mean, they... As politicians, I was like, where are your skills of of articulation and persuasion and making a case. No, let's forget all that. Let's just get rid of Tabor and we'll be we'll be good politicians. Right. We'll just uh, we'll just as you mentioned there there won't be transparency and but they'll have their hands in our pockets and that is why we really need to protect Tabor the taxpayer bill of rights as well as Gallagher uh, the Geller Amendment, which is, has really kept our property taxes uh, in check as well. And we will continue to talk about these issues so that you understand them because uh, we're ramping up here. Proposition CC is probably going to be on the ballot. It was referred by the the legislature to the ballot. And basically, Proposition CC, the question will be, can we, politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, keep your tax refunds forever? So that means we would not only be giving away our tax refunds, but we would be speaking for our next generations. And there's something that I think is really wrong about that whole idea. Okay. Freedom of mobility. Freedom to drive. The freedom to be able to choose the vehicle of your choice that works for you and your family is inherent in a society where people can go after their hopes and dreams. But there are those in our state legislature and our governor's office that want to get you out of your car. They want to get you onto bikes and trains and buses and into electric vehicles. And so there's been this whole carrot. I mentioned this in the last uh, segment regarding these uh, income tax credits. 
Now, when when person A over here isn't paying their share of what they're supposed to on their income tax, that means other people are having to make that up. So that money is forcibly being, being taken from other people so that this, this person doesn't have to pay as much in their income taxes. Uh, and that is the carrot that they have been working on to try to get people into electric vehicles. But people vote with their dollars. They, they, they want to buy the vehicles that work for them. And so these, again, politicians, bureaucrats, and interest parties uh, are uh, frustrated that the sales of these ZEVs, the zero-emission vehicles, and that is, that is a misnomer because, you know, there are many rare earth uh, minerals that go into uh, wind and solar, and, and um, most of that is actually mined in third-world countries. So we have to be honest that there is, is not really anything that is a zero-emission vehicle. Plus the electricity. Right. Where's that coming from? Well, and the other thing that's really interesting about this is, you know, Excel is all over, you know, trying to get people into, uh, you know, well, into wind and solar and to uh, get people into, say, an electric vehicle. Just think about this, though. If, in fact, they can become the energy source... For all of the cars and trucks that are moving throughout America, it puts uh, fossil fuels out of business, but ultimately it comes down to their bottom line. And as we mentioned, again, wind and solar is uh, you have to mine um, rare earth minerals to, for many of the ingredients that are in your, your, wind and, uh, your wind turbines and your solar panels. So there is nothing that is totally zero emission. Okay, There's costs and benefits to everything. But... What has happened here in Colorado is uh, these you know, politicians and bureaucrats and interest parties have uh, decided that they are going to uh, uh, have our emission standards uh, be the same as California instead of the national standards. Now, California is a totally different state. And so what that means is, is that they are trying to push us into these electric vehicles. We have been saying they don't really work for us. When these, when these stories come across, or, you know, I see what Patty has sent us. And every time in this, within the bounds of this topic, I see the word California, the very first thing I do is go out and double check what is the lowest point of elevation in Colorado. It's 3,300 feet near the Kansas border. What's the lowest point of elevation in California? Sea level. It's an apples and oranges discussion, and I don't see the reason we would want to tie, you know, uh, ironclad make a tie between us and California. I don't, it would, it's apples and oranges. And it doesn't make sense. But we have not been buying, and they, they've determined we've not been buying enough of these uh, electric vehicles. So there is now the force. And uh, what they have done is they have, have put in, into law, there, I guess it was an executive order, a couple of ex- executive orders, one by Hickenlooper and one by uh, Polis. And uh, it's basically saying to dealers that if, in fact, you don't uh, sell a certain percentage of your sales, is an electric vehicle, then you're going to get penalized. To offset these penalties, they can actually buy credits from uh, a company that sells them. The only company that sells them happens to be Tesla. Okay, so I think I've set that up pretty well. But automakers and the state have agreed on a ZEV alternative to get electric vehicles to Colorado faster. Uh, Just this week, and this is uh, from the Colorado Sun, state officials and two automobile manufacturers groups Monday evening said they've agreed on a way to make more electric vehicles available to Coloradans faster, offering incentives to automakers who get started sooner. The proposal comes two weeks before a state regulatory board will consider joining California's zero emission vehicle ZEV standard. 
that's still planned for August 13th, but this separate agreement means the Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers and Global Automakers are on board with Colorado becoming a ZEV state. Some in the auto industry have opposed joining California's lower emission standards because it foresees automakers, or because it forces, there's the word, it forces automakers to sell a certain number of electric vehicles in a state where gas-powered light-duty trucks and SUVs outsell passenger vehicles, the body of choice of many EV manufacturers. The two automaker organizations represent 99% of light-duty automakers in Colorado. But working for months with the State Department of Transportation and Energy Office, the sides figured out how to get past a quirk in the regulation that allows automakers to take credits earned in California and use them to meet minimums in other states. So what we agreed to was that we would support the adoption of a credit bank but we wanted to make sure we weren't allowing so many of those credits to be used to undercut the regulatory goal of the program, said Will Tour, executive director of the Colorado Energy Office. The agreement gives automakers who choose to sell EVs in Colorado as early as next year extra credits to offset goals from 2023 to 2025. Manufacturers, however, can, apply, can only apply credits earned from selling in other states to 23% of its Colorado goal. Without the promise of early credits, some automakers could hold back on making EV inventory available in Colorado. And uh, so I think that this is uh, very interesting. We're going to keep an eye on this. I did submit public comments uh, to the uh, uh, the, here, the board, uh, the, uh, the, A, oh, the Air Quality Control Commission that's going to be having these hearings in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to try to get down there for that as well because I do believe that uh, the ability, the opportunity for people to have the vehicle of their choice, have freedom of mobility, is inherent in everyday people going after their hopes and dreams. And that is one of the bedrocks of the American idea is that people's rights are protected and that they can go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so with that, uh, Jason McBride is on the line. Jason, how are you doing on this Friday? Oh, it's Friday. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> it is lovely. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you are, you're a specialist in people's own personal economy. But one of the things that people have to be careful about is scams that might be out there. Is there anything that folks need to be aware of? Well, uh, it's kind of funny. I was uh, wanted to talk about this. It's nothing to do with, like, investing or anything, Kim. It's just something that somebody tried to pull on uh, on my wife that I thought was kind of original. So I thought I'd bring it up in case it happened so someone else wouldn't uh, fall for it. Is that okay? Uh, absolutely. So here's what happened. This big box shows up at our door from some company I've never heard of. Uh, and and it, I asked Melissa, I said, well, do you know what this is? She says, no, I don't know. So it, it, she was busy. The box just sat there for a couple of days. Finally, I got, I got annoyed, and I, I looked at the little invoice that was attached to the box, you know, inside the little plastic mm-hmm. wrapper. And it said it was some, from some company called, like, Rodan and Fields or whatever, and it, it was like $792. Okay. And... Wow. So I Google them, and it turned there's some company that you know that makes like makeup. Right, right. I'm skincare. familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for women, and uh, and I asked Melissa. I said, "Did you order this seven hundred dollars worth of worth of makeup?" And she said, "No, I have no idea." And I said, "Well, you need to call these guys and ask them. You know what's going on here." 
Well, then, Kim, the, the same day, this is like two days after the box had arrived, a guy from FedEx shows up at the door and says, hey, I'm here to pick up, you know, this box. And Melissa's thinking, oh, well, the company just, you know, figured out their mistake and sent FedEx to come pick up the box. That's reasonable. Right. And I said, wait a minute. I said, you don't give him that box. We need to figure out what's going on. Well, it turns out, here's what the scam is, Kim. Someone had got a hold, you know, my wife's credit card number somehow. They ordered this big, expensive thing of makeup, had it sent to our house, you know, didn't change the address or anything. Okay. And then they call FedEx to come and pick it up and take it and give it, send it to them. Wow. Instead, you know, so you see, FedEx shows up. You just think, oh, FedEx is here to fix the mistake. Well, no, they're the scamster sends FedEx to your house to pick up the box and, and take it to them. And then maybe they sell it to someone else. And then you're out the money because the company says, well, we can't refund you. Because we didn't get you this stuff back. the box back. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I wish I would have known that uh, that's what they were trying to pull, like, right away, because I would add to the FedEx guy, who's this going to? Yeah, you know what? And it's interesting that you would mention this. Along, uh, I'd say about four or five years ago, I had uh, some friends that something like that happened with, and it was regarding, like, computer equipment. Okay. Uh, and so it was, uh, again, delivered to them. And I don't think that they were able to, I don't think that they were able to stop it. I think that, that FedEx showed up and and they sent it back. And I think ultimately they got their money back from the credit card company. Right. But it was a hassle. And uh, so if that happens, I, I think it's really important that people uh, are aware of that. So thank you. So not only are you a great, uh, a great investment advisor, but you're also a, a, a private detective. No, I just don't trust anybody. Is that what it is? (laughs) Okay. Well, Jason, thank you so much. And, uh, you you know, you uh, you guys are really a valued partner, and you help people with their own personal economies. And uh, so if you'd like to have another set of eyes on your nest egg, reach out to Jason McBride and and the fine folks over at Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, We have our own landing page. That's chickspresidential.com. Uh, chickspresidential.com and all your uh, podcasts are on there and if uh, after 7:30 when um, uh, Natalie gets in at the switchboard give them a call at 303-694-1600 that's 303-694-1600 Jason you have a great weekend we'll talk to you on Monday Okay thanks Kim Okay and we're going to go to break before we do that though one of my listeners just texted me she said her husband does not call them ZEVs as she calls them displaced emissions. All the emissions and energy is all up front, so it's false advertising with these companies. Uh, she says they need to be sued for false advertising. So displaced emission vehicles, they're DEVs, DEVs. So every time we see one of these subsidized uh, scams, we ask them where they park so we can drive our fair share of that car that my money helped buy. <laughs> that puts a monkey on our back, I guess. We have, to, we have LEVs, ZEVs. And now DEVs. I love it. So thank you so much, Rosemary, on that. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll, we will be talking with Sylvanus Salinas. And uh, we're going to talk about the Democrat debates as well as his thoughts on Medicare for all and free college. We'll be right back. 
Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at americhicks.com or email Kim at americhicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com. How come all the pretty girls like you are taking, baby? Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a conversation with Zilvinus. Zelenus, and he is the president of the Foundation for Economic Education. Uh, Zelenus, how did I do on your name? Was that even close? That's pretty good, but everyone calls me Z now. Okay, I'm going to call you Z as well then. I'm going (laughs) to consider you my friend. So, Z, you are the president for the Foundation for Economic Education. Would you explain to folks what that is and what you do and how they can get more information about foundation it's called fee as well so i can call you z and i can call the foundation for economic education (laughs) fee (laughs) that's right uh well we are the oldest uh, foundation of that sort of the oldest private think tank in the united states in fact we were established in 1946 and the idea behind the organization is to make sure that young people grow up uh with a being exposed to ideas of freedom being exposed to ideas of liberty or to put it simply, that the new generation grows up uh, knowing that, uh, well, socialism is not the answer. That is exactly what we do. And if you want to find out more about what we do, go to fee.org, fee like F-E-E or Foxtrot Echo, echo.org, and you're going to find everything we do there. Well, you have your work cut out for you right now. We've got these young socialists as some of them have been elected to Congress, that are truly romancing socialism. I typically open our program with saying that socialism is ultimately force. And the questions on the table as we look at each of these issues is freedom versus force or force versus freedom. But you have personal experience with socialism, right, Z? Oh, that's right. I was born in 81. 
lived all of my life in Lithuania, which was well occupied by Soviet Union, so we were a part of Soviet Union. So for about 10 years, I, I personally experienced the biggest or the truest or the most socialism uh, that has ever been. Of course, the, the young socialists will always deny that Soviet Union was, has not been socialist, but that's, I mean, that's getting silly. So socialism, I mean, if, if you can make a moral argument that it's wrong, it's forceful, it's imposing people, or you can make even an utilitarian argument that it doesn't work. I mean, any way you cut it, any way you look at it, it's such a failed policy. I, I find it absolutely stupefying that there are young people, well, some smart people in the United States who say socialism is the answer. That is completely nuts. Well, and one other thing, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and uh, I said, did you realize that Nazi stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party? And so ultimately, socialism comes down to force, because if people don't do what the, uh, the elites or the leaders uh, want them to do, ultimately they res- result, or they um, move to force. But let's talk a little bit about the Democrat debates. Now, Z, I, I, I tried to watch them, but I just couldn't. <laughs> but what's your, comment, <laughs> what's your comments about them? Yeah, pretty much the same, I would say. It takes, you know, it takes a lot of discipline of not throwing things at, at the TV <laughs> uh, to, to, to be able to watch them. And once again, there are some, let's say, moderate folks, and there are some very radical folks. So my idea, I think, is that definitely you can see ideology trumping uh, pragmatism. Let's talk about Medicare or, or um, health insurance. That was a big topic. I mean, and the most radical, the most radical solution is pretty much either having government provide a public option or even government uh, banning private insurance. And then you can see people argue for those points. I think, I mean, I'm an economist. So what it, w- w- the impression I get is that, once again, there are met, m- many less uh, radical and many more moderate uh, options that would pr- pretty much achieve the same thing. But the, some, for some reason, uh, the radical wing of the, of the current debate think that it's an absolute necessity to have as much government as health, in health care as possible, and they don't even provide any justification for that. They just sort of jump on their high horse and tell everyone that they're wrong. And I'm actually very much surprised how little, uh, well, the other Democrats or the moderate Democrats are doing uh, to take them off that horse. Well, and you know what I think that happens in these arguments is people, uh, well, I think that as they make the the case for socialism, they uh, are actually using fear. Because I think inside people say, oh, my gosh, what if I got cancer? What if I had, you know, this this catastrophic medical event? As expensive as medical care is in America today, I would be, I'd go bankrupt. And so, gosh, I need, would need some help on that. And so the socialist answer to that, they say that we'll be there to help you. Now, ultimately, you know, when you get right down to it, that won't happen. But But they say we will be there. We'll make sure that you're taken care of. And that really plays to people's fears. How would you respond to that, Z? Well, of course, <clears throat> socialism is just public relations. There is, no, there is no content in socialism. It's all linked to people's fears, all linked to people's hopes. And once again, that's, uh, someone, well, adults in the room have to, have to stand up and say, well, the guys, what, guys, what you're proposing doesn't work. Uh, for, for example, I mean, uh, we can take a very, very extreme example, healthcare and socialism. So 
for uh, I think it was in '86 and '87, Romania, which was again back back then was a truly socialist country, uh, obviously had healthcare uh, or, or nationalized healthcare. They passed out a law that if you are over I think 70, uh, the ambulance would not come to you because it's too much of a drain on resources. So this is the kind of things we're talking here. Uh, even in modern days, uh, what socialists are saying that you know, nationalized healthcare system will cure anything, that is absolutely not true. Look at many European countries that have, uh, let's say, um, uh, you have to pay a lot of tax uh, to get uh, nationalized healthcare. They don't cure everything. They have cold payments. They don't cover every medicine that you need. So once again, they're selling this, uh, well, falsehood that that uh, socialized uh, medical care doesn't cost anything and cures everything. That is simply not true. It costs a lot, and it also has gaps in coverage. It has gaps what kind of medicine it covers. It even has sort of um, points then they don't cover certain diseases because they're too rare for the healthcare system to handle. So once again, so basically they're selling the bunch of untruths, and once again, I'm sort of horrified that no one stands up to them and say, guys, you are wrong, or guys, have you calculated that? Okay, on the other side, though, there has to be a better idea. And it can't just be standing up and saying, hey, we want free a free market healthcare system, because a lot of people say, what does that mean exactly? And I do not think that the better idea has made it has done a good job in messaging what that better idea really is. And so, Z, let's go to break. When we come back, I'd like to have have something, something concrete. What is it that we can say to people that, okay, this over here is a, just a public relations campaign. It's not true. But what is that better idea that uh, really can start to allevi- alleviate these fears that people have regarding the high cost of health care? So this is Kim Munson. We are talking with Zilvinus Salinas. He is the president of of the Foundation for Economic Education. Stay tuned because I can't wait to hear his answer to this question. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 2nd through Thursday, August 8th, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. 
agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We are thrilled to be having a conversation with Z from Fee. <laughs> How was that, Z? That <laughs> almost rhymes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And again, what is your website for people? Fee.org. Okay. And uh, basically, you're the, the oldest think tank, which talks about... Um, you know, free market principles, and you're doing great work. You've got your work cut out for you right now because the veil is off finally in America. We can see there's there's clear, uh, clear contrast in these ideologies. And so I'm so thankful that you guys are there working to uh, educate young people about free markets and then actually what socialism is. So before we went to break, I posed this question uh, because I think many times – um, when people are looking at socialism or, you know, like socialized health care, government-run health care, they look at the high cost of health care and they think, oh, my gosh, if something catastrophic happens, you know, I don't have enough money to pay for all that. And then you've got the public relations socialist over here saying, well, no problem. We'll take care of that. And, uh, and in essence, it's not true. It doesn't work. But we have to be able to articulate the better idea. What is the better idea, Z? Well, I think let's put things in the perspective. Uh, well, free free healthcare is not free. I mean, that is the first the first sort of axiom or rule that everyone should realize. The point of healthcare, healthcare, like you mentioned, is something catastrophic happens. Now, these things don't happen very often to one person, so therefore people take out insurance. And, uh, that's the same happens. Same principle that applies to your car. What if you have an accident? Well, that's uh, an uh, accident in which, you wreck your, in which you wreck your car. That's a lot of expenses. How do you protect against that? Well, you don't ban cars. Uh, you don't force people into cars that don't have accidents. You, you buy insurance. <laughs> so healthcare is pretty much the same. Uh, the question is, well, who is better at providing insurance? Is it, is it private sector or is it the government? So that's, that's, sort of, that's, the, that's a values question. Now, if we want to talk numbers, and many people don't realize uh, just how much more taxes people in Europe pay. And I mean, I'm from there, uh, I have that experience. So let me give you sort of two numbers to compare. Okay. So imagine, imagine you work in the United States and uh, you cost to your employer, employer, uh, a, a hundred thousand. Now you, in the United States, after deducting, after taxes are deducted from your payroll and after you subtract the sales tax, because once again, if you earn money, you want to spend it and you pay the sales tax. Uh, so if you cost $100,000 to your employer, your sort of net income is 60000 So you pay 40000 in tax. Now, if we take Sweden at the same income level, you cost $100,000 to your employer. After deducting uh, payroll tax and uh, sales tax, you take home $39,000. So in fact, uh, what, we're having, what we're having here is that uh, an average Swede pays nearly kind of uh, $20,000 more uh, in their taxes. So what Americans have, they have extra $20,000 in which uh, to buy health insurance and other things. Or even to put it differently, if you were transported into Sweden right now as an American, uh, your tax bill would go up uh, by about $20,000. So that is that is the magnitude of, of expense they're talking here. It's not just a couple extra dollars. It's not a couple of extra percent. That's a substantial increase in how much you tax you have to pay and how much less income you take home and how much less choice you have. So I think that's the first sort of perspective uh, to think about. Okay. 
Uh, the second one is, once, if we're returning to democratic debates, I see two major differences in position. So the, the more, more moderate position, and the one one could argue for, is what, saying, well, if private insurance is too bad or doesn't work good enough, we're going to establish a public insurance and show people how it's done, kind of uh, having a, 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 a public insurer playing by the symbols as private insurer and just being better at business. Now, whether that is possible, I doubt it, but that would be an honest, uh, a, a, an honest position of uh, someone coming from a government who thinks that government can do a better job than, uh, than business. Let, let, let me just jump in here. Uh, that means that the people that are running uh, the motor vehicle department, uh, the post office, and there's fine individuals at each of these, but I'm talking about how they are run, and that is the motor uh-huh. vehicle department, the post office, uh, transportation here in Colorado. Now, just think about it. Those would be the same types of um, people that would be running your health care. And how's that working out for you? I just had to make that comment. <laughs> I can I can add another one. Uh, so in the University of the United States, what I studied, I found out that uh, we had uh, like a, a university-provided uh, uh, health, uh, not, not health, but a meal plan. So basically, we had a large cafeteria. And I found out that in there, because it's very useful, uh, the head chef was the per- that was not the person who cooks best, but who has been in the union for longest. Oh. So when I, then again, uh, this is a kind of, yeah, this is a kind of example. Do you, these people running your healthcare or healthcare or health insurance as well? So, which brings me to another point, which I think is the reason why some are pushing for the for the radical solution to actually ban private insurance. I mean, that's the, that's the radical solution has been proposed a couple of times. And the reason I think they're doing it is they know that a government insurance, if it were to compete on the same terms as private insurance, would simply fail. And they know that, they anticipate that, and they, say it, they said, you know what, let's make a government insurance the only option, let's ban everyone else, and let's get rid of competition. And then after that, uh, basically, you are stuck with, with uh, government health care plan. You don't have choice. You don't even have to compare anything to it. You, you cannot even have a reference. Am I getting a good service? Uh, because there's no com- there's no comparison. There's no competition. So that's, I think, really is the, the, the wrong option. Okay. So we've talked about these, and, and this is a very compelling case. But what about somebody who is, is poor and... Um, you know they're concerned about uh, accessing health care. What what can we do about that? Uh, I would say once again, let's make distinction. Let's make a couple of distinctions here. Uh, so if we're talking about people who cannot work uh, because they're disabled, uh, if we're talking people who really uh, well were unlucky and let's say were born in such a way that they cannot work, they cannot provide for themselves. Even if sometimes we're talking children who are orphans and don't have families, I think that even as a, uh, well, as a person on the right wing of the spectrum, we could make a case that the United States is rich enough to make sure that these people have access to health care. So I think no argument here. But if we're talking about people who uh, are adults, are able to work, uh, but simply won't for, for, many, for many reasons, uh, let's say they don't find a job they like or they just don't feel like working, my rhetorical question is, well, how much health care should we provide for them? And once again, perhaps we could argue that basic health care or like basic services perhaps could be funded by the government. Uh, but where do we draw the line? Because in the end of the day, 
someone has to pay for it. Doctor's work is not free. Medicine is not free. Uh, procedures are not free. Uh, surgeries are not free, etc. The buildings are not free. So who pays for them? That is the major question mm-hmm. I think we have to pose. That is the really important question. So, okay, I think you're probably a free market guy. I'm a free market girl. And I really (laughs) think that, you know, up until, you know, at the early 1900s, Americans, charities, uh, you mentioned, for example, orphans or, you know, people that might might be disabled that, you know, can't work and, and need help. And instead of looking to government, we used to look to each other. We used to have these wonderful charities that churches would would help, you know, help take care of these folks. And I, I submit to you, Z, that I think that we could do that again. Well, and to a certain extent, that is what's happening. Once again, if you look at how much people give to charity, uh, United people in the United States give, give way more to charity than people in Europe. And one of the reasons why, why that is, I think, is simply because uh, people are taxed less in the United States. So that is actually that is the reason. Basically, we have more income because government takes less. So, being a charitable person, uh, you give it, you give some some money back. Uh, what happens in Europe or in the, even in socialist countries? You have no money because government takes everything, and you have nothing left to charity. So, I mean, charity via giving rather than charity via force uh, is much better. If, if it's forced on you, if you must pay or you go to jail, that's not charity. That's that's oppression. Very well said. We have just a couple of minutes, <clears throat> but continuing, there's there's a hidden cost in all of these different things. For example, out here in Colorado, uh, the, one of the conversations is affordable housing. And come to find out, I talked with Randall O'Toole from the Cato Institute, that rules and regulations contribute to 50% of the cost of new housing in Colorado. So you think about that. If you reduce re- rules and regulations just by half, you would reduce the cost of a home by 25%. I think that that's the same in healthcare. There's hidden cost uh, with rules and regulations. If we could free that up and reduce those, I think that we could bring costs down. What do you think? Yeah, most most likely. I think your example <clears throat> about housing is a, is a pretty good one. I mean, many people don't have homes, not because you don't have enough land in the United States. I mean, you have a lot of land compared, compared to Europe, but it's precisely these, like you said, rules and regulations and uh, other loops uh, and uh, barriers that providers have to jump through. And that definitely, I think there is definitely a case for that, so, or an audit of rules and regulations in healthcare that could reduce the costs uh, uh, w- without going into socialized uh, socialized healthcare insurance. But uh, I, I would love to see numbers on that. Yeah, I would too. And uh, I actually had a friend that read uh, the complete, she's a doc, and she read the complete Obamacare bill. And uh, she said that we could reduce the cost of healthcare in America pr- by probably at least 40% if we lowered a bunch of these rules and regulations. And so, again, when government gets involved in something, it gets more expensive and there is less of it. And so you make a very compelling case um, regarding this this whole narrative regarding socialized medicine. So, Z, well, what's, thank what's, you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what's interesting is today, CNN article, I mean, they argue that, well, that Obama appears nearly Republican in the current debate. 
I mean, that's uh, in, in fact, he said many things that Obama said would be treated as Republican right now, <laughs> just to illustrate how far left the debates have shifted. Yes, I know. And they had to go after um, uh, Obama in a way because they were going after Biden and Biden is the, the front runner. So it's very interesting to watch all this. Z, thank you so much. I'd love to have you back. Oh, easily. Just just call me. <laughs> okay, we will do that. So that is Zylvanus Salinas with the Foundation for Economic Education. That website is fee.org. Z, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, and our quote for today is Milton Friedman. He says, one of the great mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Like a 